Welcome to Law Radio. I'm Melissa Castor and today we're broadcasting from Victoria University, Wellington, New Zealand. We're at the Australasian Law Teachers Association Annual Conference. In today's episode, we'll hear a presentation from two legal education specialists, Mary Heath from Flinders University and Kate Galloway from Bond University. They're presenting on Thinking Like a Lawyer. Essentially, they are exploring ways of teaching law teachers how to communicate critical thinking skills. It's part of their Smart Casual project. So now over to Mary and Kate. Um, I'm Mary Heath and this is Kate Galloway. And as you can see, we're part of a multi-member team that's sprayed all over our country, Australia. So it's lovely to be here. Um, but we couldn't bring all of them. We had to leave some at home. <laughs> we're, we're coming to speak about the way that we teach people those skills that some of us call thinking like a lawyer. And um, the ideas that we're presenting about that concept have emerged from a project that we're working on together, in which we call the Smart Casual Project. And what we're doing in that project is that we are producing de professional development resources for people who are employed sessionally to teach law in Australia. So it's quite a targeted project. It's been funded by our Office of Learning and Teaching, which was, once upon a time, there was a, a nationally funded body that was interested in tertiary education in Australia and that had funds to dispense. And unfortunately, it's already received the hatchet. So when, when we get to the end of this project, uh, there'll be nobody left in that building. Hmm. So these resources are discipline-specific, so they do focus on law, and our modules are targeted to the kinds of teaching skills that you need to be able to teach law specifically. Um, it is a peer-to-peer -peer model in which we are teachers teaching other teachers and it incorporates short videos of sessional staff talking about their high-quality teaching practices directly to other sessional teachers. The first three modules from our SEED project are available freely online and, and we have little cards and you have a little piece of paper so you can go and look at the SEED modules. Um, soon there'll be six more though, so you know, come back, come back soon, there'll be more. Um, they're free and they're, they're addressing an identified national need. So what we've got in Australia is higher education as one of the most casualised sectors of the economy. We know we've got a lot of sessional staff. We know that they turn over somewhat more briskly than do uh, those of us who are lucky enough to have tenured jobs or even contracts. Um, we know that professional development is hard to access if you are sessionally employed and we know from our interviews with sessional teachers that they would like access to that kind of professional development that they find hard to access. We also know that law schools in Australia by and large are struggling to provide discipline specific professional development. So there's an identified national need and we're aiming to make a dent. Around the outside of this circle, you can see all of the modules that we're producing, and they all currently exist. We have put the second, you know, the second tranche of modules have been out to focus groups in our expert reference group. They've been modified in the light of feedback, and now they're being, you know, professionally edited and made to look beautiful and prepared to be published online. Across those modules, we're also seeking to embed some themes, about, mostly about diversity, so they are uh, globalisation, um, gender, diversity and digital literacy. I'm not looking at anyone in particular. Mm. <laughs> so the, those are the modules that we're producing. And in the process of producing those modules, I think we've all learned quite a bit about our own teaching practices. And because the team is large and diverse, um, we've, we've also learned that 
you know, other people do things differently, of course. And in collaborating on these things and, you know, doing the research necessary for us to produce the modules, some insights have arisen. So what we're presenting today is the, the sense that we've increasingly had that three of these modules intersect quite considerably and quite persistently. So that the thinking skills required, the ones that we're trying to convey to students in our classes, for reading law, whether that's reading instruments, statutes, cases, for problem solving as one of the dominant modes of teaching black letter law, at least in Australia, and critical thinking as a skill that I think we're trying to incite our students to, to learn, but a, a lot of staff are, are doing that on a my brain to your brain psychic power process rather than a, um, an upfront explicit process. We think there are huge overlaps between those and that taken together these amount to the kind of thinking skills that students in law need. So for us the task is how do we teach people to teach those skills? So the thinking skills that we're talking about here are embedded in the threshold learning outcomes for law. So in Australia there's been a nationwide consultative process about what it should be possible to say that someone exiting a law school and entering professional life will have. So what are those threshold learning outcomes that someone who's just exited a law school and just entering professional life should have? Quite a few of those refer to thinking skills and you can see them nominated here. They should be able to identify and articulate legal issues. They should be able to apply legal reasoning to reach a solution to a problem. They should be able to engage in critical thinking. And that critical thinking should extend to the degree of self-management, which involves a lot of skills, but one of which would be self-reflection or metacognition. So thinking skills are part of what we're expecting an exiting law student to have. Does this amount to thinking like a lawyer? Probably if we asked everyone in the room, each person would have a somewhat different answer to what thinking like a lawyer is. Um, and really, part of the challenge that we face is trying to explain what it is that amounts to thinking like a lawyer, both to students who expect or wish or long desire to be lawyers in the future and to those who already know that that's not what they're going to do. So we need to be able to explain that to our students as well as to ourselves and figuring out how is what we're on about here. So in designing the modules, the choice of the three modules, reading law, critical thinking and problem solving, were in response to what sessional law teachers had said that they want to learn how to do better. So that really guided the, um, the design choices in terms of what our module selections were. But one of the challenges with that, of course, is in breaking down the elements or breaking down that overarching thinking skill into these components, we run the risk of obscuring more than we reveal. And further, within each of those, in trying to articulate um, problem solving, for example, breaking that down into components doesn't really give the full flavour of what's going on inside the lawyer's head, that invisible and, and internalised process. So uh, th this, this sort of um, tension is what informed some of the design choices that we made and some of the conclusions that we've reached so far through the project. So uh, the, in terms of how much to break it down and how much to make these connections and sort of stand back to view the big picture, we recognise that our audience uh, for these modules, whether they're sessional staff or whether it's even experienced law teachers who sometimes struggle, I think, to teach some of these skills, uh, 
we're all experienced lawyers, and to that extent, much of our uh, or many of our skills, and certainly our thinking skills, I think, have become internalised. And that makes it increasingly difficult for us to explain to students. So I, I don't know about you, but I've stood in the class and I've just gone, why can't you get this? You know, why can't you? It's really obvious, you know, A, B, C. You know, why are you coming up with D? Or what's Z all about? Uh, so, so um, and being able to analyse what's going on or what's possibly going on inside the student's head, we frequently don't have the language to be able to articulate that because without the insight into our own thinking skills. So what we're aiming to do in, in these modules is to expose the elements of each of these thinking skills to aid reflection by the sessional staff teacher or hopefully even uh, current academics to understand what these processes are and to assist the explanation and diagnosis of students' own thinking skills. So we think about these things in both micro and macro terms. The macro skills, I think, is what we've, we've loosely termed thinking like a lawyer, and we understand that's contested and we don't really need to go into that, but this broad idea of what it means to be undertaking the cognitive work of a lawyer and the more micro skills of problem solving, critical legal thinking and reading law. So within each of these micro elements, uh, which reflect the modules in the Smart Casual suite of uh, resources, we look, for example, mm -hmm. at the genre and purpose of different types of legal writing and how that translates into these reading skills. So the purpose of... Uh, legislation, for example, is different from a parliamentary report and is different from a case which takes a more narrative approach to the, to the law. And it's different, again, from a lease or a mortgage or an affidavit, for example. So each of these different types of legal writing have a different purpose. They form their own genres. The contestability of language, which I think is something uh, really difficult, especially for a first-year student to understand. We take it as given that things mean what they say. Uh, and, I mean, I've had taught statutory interpretation to first-year students, you know, you're not allowed to take knives, guns and, and, and scissors into, in through the airport um, security uh, and someone gets pulled up for having nail clippers. And everyone goes, or the students all go, but everyone knows you're not allowed to take nail, nail clippers through. You go, well, look at the language. Yes, but you know, it's not, you're not allowed to. You know, it's, or it's on the sign. Or, so it's, this, these are difficult things to, to try and inculcate into students. But also in terms of legal reading, it's not just a, 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 an English language literacy. There are critical approaches to reading that afford us a different and more nuanced understanding of what the law is. And this leads us into the critical legal thinking module, itself one of the micro-elements of these overarching skills. We've used Bloom's taxonomy, and again, we know that there are different... It's contested in itself, and there are different types of taxonomies of thinking. But to understand the taxonomy uh, as, a, as a triangle with your, your baseline knowledge skills moving up to the higher cognitive skills to appreciate that there are different levels of thinking involved in any task. And I think this is some of the discussion or the, the tension within 
the academy, certainly about what we mean by critical legal thinking. For some, it means being able to analyse theoretical doctrine and come up with a reasoned solution, and for others, it means critical race theory or feminist legal theory or those more social elements, and it seems sometimes difficult to bridge that gap. Um, we talk about layers of thinking, text and contexts, and we go all the way through to metacognition. In terms of the Australian threshold learning outcomes, metacognition is incorporated in the self-management aspects of the threshold learning outcomes, and we've chosen to include that also in the thinking skills. So knowing when to, when to deploy your different skills for, diff for different tasks. So if you're asked to find the ratio of Carlyle and carbolic smokeball factory, you don't necessarily need to be looking at critical race theory to understand uh, what that's going to be. So it's making those, those choices. Thinking also relies on dispositions. So placing ourselves, understanding our own privilege, I guess, um, being resilient, uh, being curious, uh, and that's an aspect of this module as well because thinking is an iterative process and importantly, and I think relating to the, to the past presentation too, this concentration, this focus requires effort and I think sometimes we underestimate just what that's, what's involved there. With problem solving, we've adopted a structured approach. We've chosen the uh, Marat format as, as an exemplar. Others use Iraq or various other acronyms which don't come readily to my mind. Crack. 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 <laughs> <laughs> They're really <laughs> There's a lot of them. And, and we use examples of it, but also explain the challenges that students experience because sometimes it's not clear. We know students are struggling, but we don't really understand why. In short, we, we're making an assumption that... Uh, that thinking like a lawyer is some kind of linear process. So, so we'll get out the other end and we'll know how to think like a lawyer. But in reality, it's a very complex process. Um, one of the tools that we use in, across the, these modules, these micro skills, is what, what's become famously known amongst our crowd as the onion diagram, <laughs> uh, which, which recognises that there are these layers of comprehension and thinking that go on, you don't necessarily start at any one point, but you are required as part of an iterative process to move between them. For example, I've had Aboriginal students read cases who comprehend the case, even the Mabo decision, who comprehend it on a very personal, social, relational level that's reflecting really that metacognitive level. For others, it's simply a question of trawling through the words and understanding what the judge has said, which is that sort of inner circle of the text analysis. So wherever these students are starting in their reading of this decision, they will need to move between these different layers to gain a fuller understanding and to emerge with an understanding that represents thinking like a lawyer. Now, this is why we gave you the handout in case anyone wants to, wants to look more closely at this diagram. <laughs> and what we've done with this diagram, and we've written an article, and Mary and I have, have written a couple of vignettes of our experiences of this to explain what's going on when we're teaching our substantive law subjects. 
On the left-hand side, we've got Bloom's cognitive objectives, and at the top, we've got knowledge moving all the way down to evaluation, which is a more metacognitive uh, uh, sort of process. On the right-hand side, we've got the knowledge entry point, which is the onion diagram. And we've got each of the modules represented uh, in the middle three columns. So when we're in a first-year class uh, teaching, as Mary has, criminal law, whilst at the same time teaching statutory interpretation and the doctrine of precedent, <laughs> substantive law and stat interp and precedent are both substantive law areas themselves as well, as well as skills, as well as a layer of critical thinking about the positioning of the power of the law and the, all these things, we've got a lot going on beyond Iraq and beyond applying uh, the principles of statutory interpretation as a question of black letter law. There are lots of decisions that students are required to make in terms of their thinking and their reading and their level of critical thinking and their metacognitive processes of deciding whether it's a question of statutory interpretation or common law or something else, while they're learning how to f what a case citation means and what's encoded in that and how to find the ratio. So there's so much that's going on. And they might be doing, in the Iraq process, they might be starting here and choosing which process they need before they get to the stage of understanding how to identify the issue that's actually there. So they're skipping around within this diagram, doing all of these thinking skills and all of this work. And we're saying, issue, rule, apply, conclusion. What could be more simple than that? So this is part of the challenge that we've sought to grapple with. What the smart casual analysis attempts to do is to tease apart these component aspects of thinking whilst making those connections for the teacher to recognise that there is a lot going on, a lot more that's re represented on the surface of the way that we tend to approach these thinking skills. In short, thinking is very complex. It involves a lot of tacit knowledge and processes that we ourselves are not necessarily cognizant of because as experienced professionals, we do it automatically. So we want to break that apart within our own mind and be able to reassemble that in a synthesized way so that when we're getting our grad when we're teaching this sharing this with our with our students they come out with this synthesized set of skills at the other end and that requires reflection and the language and structures to be able to explain that that was legal education experts Mary Heath and Kate Galloway discussing critical thinking and thinking like a lawyer as part of their Smart Casual project. The website for the project is at www.lawteachnetwork.org forward slash smart casual. Thanks for joining us on Law Radio today and remember you can follow us on Law Radio at iTunes and SoundCloud and over on our blog at lawradio.net. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes so other people can find us more easily. This is Melissa Caston. See you next time.